Hello and welcome to the Policy Dispatch. I'm your host Sam Morgan and today we're going to be bringing you our eighth episode. The topic this time out, heat pumps. They're the Invogue climate technology as they have the potential to decarbonize a really tricky sector by using renewable power. We could of course spend the entire half hour going over how these magical machines actually work. But if you don't know, heat pumps are essentially a reverse air conditioner using a compressor and the magic of engineering to extract hot air from the outside to warm the inside of a building. It can even pull off the same feat but in reverse during warmer months. Sounds great, right? So, why aren't heat pumps in every single building? What policies are needed to get them there? What are the main problems that need to be solved? To answer those questions and more, I'm going to be joined today by Thomas Novak, Secretary General of the European Heat Pump Association. Before I bring in Thomas for today's episode, though, here's the now traditional policy dispatch energy quiz. Today I'm asking you, which country saw the fastest growth in heat pump sales in 2021? with a massive 66% year-on-year increase. Was it A, Germany, B, China, C, Poland, or D, Italy? Answer, as always, at the end of the episode. Now, on with the show. So, Thomas, thank you for joining us for this. It's the eighth episode of the Policy Dispatch, and we're here to talk about um, heat pumps today. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here. So the heat pumps are very much in vogue at the moment. The International Energy Agency even recently released a report on the future of heat pumps. Um, Big documents saying a lot of things about what we can expect from the coming years, the current state of play. Um, What are your main takeaways from this report by the IEA? Yeah, it's, it's a good start. I'm wondering, actually, if we could get heat pumps on the cover of the real Vogue, not only being on Vogue. Maybe having a heat pump fashion line by some of the big houses, right? <laughs> that, that'd be fun. You consider that you can have a heat pump in pretty much every color that you want, if, if that was to your liking. For the IEA report, uh, the most... Accessories are important, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the color choice. Um, the IEA report, the most important thing that I take away from it is the full recognition that the IEA is giving this technology It was in the past already quite uh, visible and they have this tracker, uh, the progress tracker for different segments and they have been saying that heating in buildings has been too slow. And when uh, the European Commission published their Repower EU communication and then the subsequent package, they approached us and said, you know, we want to do something that is that is mirroring this Repower EU in ambition and we want to remodel our own data sets according to the growth rates that is needed. So there seems to be a, a mutual understanding that heat pump sales have to grow tremendously and this is based on the full recognition of their benefits. Two things stand out for me. One, that is that heat pumps by all means and even under the current electricity mix and using current refrigerants are saving CO2 emissions. So you could simply say a heat pump is always better than a than a fossil mm-hmm. boiler. And uh, it's also recognized that heat pumps can be deployed in existing buildings without having to do deep renovation first. The second one that I find important to note and that is also highlighted is the benefit for the electric grid so that that actually more heat pumps is helping us to electrify faster and to a higher share. I mean, do you think those are some really important almost 
myths that have been busted. You know, when we've talked about heat pumps before, people have sometimes said that, oh, you can't have a heat pump unless your house is an A-grade building. It just won't work. Or, you know, more heat pumps means that the, the grid is going to collapse because it's going to be too much demand. So do you think that, that that's really exactly. important to, to bust those myths? Yeah, if, you, if you're such a prominent body like the IEA and then with Fatih Birol and uh, Laura Kotze who presented the report um, in our offices in, in Brussels, and also uh, Dittiel Jürgensen attending and contributing to, to the debate and, and the CEO of uh, Niebe, yet Eric Lindquist. Lindquist. So we, there was quite, I mean, from our perspective, it was quite a prominent set of people that discussed heat pumps on a very high level and recognized the benefits. And the messages from, from these different parties, from the European Commission, from the industry, and from, uh, from an international energy body was unequivocal in in the direction of favoring the benefits of heat pumps and pushing it forward and indeed in order to push it forward you have to demystify some of the discussion in the marketplace and for those people that are not necessarily in favor of heat pumps the first thing that you hear is that we can't electrify everything i'd always answer we have never said that we can electrify everything but we can electrify quite a lot and even if we just want to share, change the shares going from 90% fossils to 90% heat pumps for example that would already be enough of a challenge to put all our efforts into it and then this question of if heat pumps are deployed more and uh, they need electricity and obviously they also need electricity in winter times, then the next uh, big myth is that heat pumps will break the grids. And what we have done in the past already, we talked to a number of utilities and DSOs and we have asked them, what do you think? Because you will have to supply the electrons in the end. Will the grid hold? Will it hold with 50 million heat pumps and even more? And the clear message was the grid has always been in flux. It has always been changing. We just need to know that early enough. And so another point that is really relevant from this report is an early announcement, an early alarm signal to say, if you are in the heating sector, if you are in the provision of electricity to buildings, you need to start your engines and you need to update your planning to accommodate for more electric demand, both from electric vehicles and for heat pumps. And this has been put quite prominently on the agenda. And another point, but that is not new, but it's still important, is this um, suggestion, and it, it's becoming quite a forceful demand, to stop selling uh, boilers and maybe even to ban the possible sales of boilers because if that they are still in the market, that creates a competition on the cost side that heat pumps can barely win. Of course, that does not include hybrid heat pumps, but... The, the point is, if the end user is supposed to shift also in their own choice for the heating solution, then putting a, a very much cheaper solution still in the market that is then detrimental to the environment is not helpful. No, so, the, so to make it very clear, the IEA demand, uh, suggests that uh, the sale of, of single-use boilers should be uh, banned from 2025 onwards. I mean, we, you know, we all know that um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has completely changed um, the energy game for, for basically everybody at this point. Um, Europe saw the biggest growth in, in heat pumps last year, according to this report. Um, is it just the fallout from that invasion that has spurred this demand or, or are there other factors from your perspective that are, are pushing heat pumps further into you know when people make decisions about how to heat their buildings, government policies, so on and so forth? Um, and in, in which member states of the European Union do you think there is most potential for this growth? What, what is really pushing these numbers up? 
Certainly, the war waged by Russia on Ukraine has had a huge impact. It has had a huge impact on end-user perception of gas as a transition fuel, end-user perception of the reliability of Russia as a trustworthy partner to deliver um, fossil gas as energy source, and for sure also in de debunking this idea that gas will always be cheap. We are living in a in a in a time where it it used to be the affordable heating meant gas based heating and everything else had to adjust to that and had to justify itself if it was more expensive. But the war in Russia was only one effect, and you could say lucky that it came so late, because the the heat pump market and the heat pump industry had ten years of time. To develop from 2010, 12, about to, to, to 2022, and it was really a ride. We saw double-digit gro growth across. We saw growth in the first place, and then we saw double-digit growth over the last um, seven years of this decade. And so, this this um, impact of the war on end-user demand came at a time when the industry had developed already to quite a significant production volume and capacity for installation. Had this happened 10 years ago, it would have been much more difficult to deliver to the demand. And even today, it's difficult. As you mentioned, uh, 2021, European heat pump markets saw a growth of 34%. In 2022, we expect something similar. We have a supply situation. Uh, there is a lack of semiconductors in some markets. There's also lack of capacity from installers. Um, but we do think that we will end up somewhere close to 30% even again in 2022. The biggest markets, the, the, the fastest growing markets at the moment, the single fastest growing market is Poland. Uh, probably followed by Germany. And there you see that uh, the, the, there are two markets that have been, let's say, waiting for such a push. And now they're they're really uh, unrolling the potential. In Poland, what, what I hear is that one of the important factors is that there used to be a very strong subsidy scheme for photovoltaic, and that has stopped. And now the, the salespeople are very smart and they are calling their previous clients and they say, look, I told you, I, I sold you a photovoltaic system last year. Now you have photovoltaic electricity on your own roof. Do you want a heat pump? And that seems very smart. In, in Germany, which is likewise growing very fast, there we see that the combination of the introduction of a CO2 price and the revision of electricity taxation and the addition of subsidies, subsidies especially for uh, renovation of buildings, is having a huge impact driving end consumer demand. Well, that's really interesting. The two examples you give there about how Poland is, you know, growth is perhaps being driven by, um, you know, market players rather than the government. Whereas in Germany, it is a mixture of um, policies that are, that are pushing the numbers up. I um, mean, you, you mentioned as well about how factors like, um, you know, the labor market and potential shortage of workers for installation and maintenance of heat pumps. Um, might affect numbers going forward. Um, given that we, we have an inkling of that information right now, how do you think that policymakers should confront that issue? Is there anything that perhaps the European Commission or governments can do to make sure that workers are retrained, they are reskilled, they do have the knowledge needed to, to go into this industry and basically meet demand that people will have? On first approximation, I would say the, the market has a shortage now, but, but installers are also quite versatile in adapting to market demand. And if you were an installer and you would receive 
five calls for a heat pump quote every day now, while you had maybe one per week last year, wouldn't you adjust? And if we think that we have um, a, a quite a thriving heat pump or heating installer trade, then we do have enough installers for the moment. Of course, it's an immediate demand that cannot be met. But in principle, you can retrain an ex an, a heating installer in about a week. So if you can retrain a heating installer in about a week, that means that we have about, nah, we're losing 2% of capacity, right, for that. So um, so we have about 98% of capacity in installer numbers, in installer people. And of course, they may take a bit longer to install the heat pumps. So then it, it gives us overall less capacity in the market. But we have enough people that can install heat pumps for the time being. If we then look at Repower EU and the strong increase that there is and combine that with an aging workforce, then I'm not that positive anymore. So my first approximation would be it's an immediate shortage of, of supply because there is such an unprecedented increasing demand. But in principle, we have enough people. In the medium term, let's say two, three, four years, this will change because the demand for the heating for heating systems overall needs to increase. And that means taking into account that we take about two to three years to train somebody from, from scratch to become a heat pump installer, that we have to start that now. And then it comes quite handy that in 2023, we have uh, the year of skills and the European Commission has already announced a number of activities. But of course, also education and training is, uh, in the, is the prerogative, prerogative of the member states. So in my opinion, what the Commission should do is they should alarm all the member states. And I think they are doing that with that year of skills. And they should set up something like a, a skills platform in which we check every year if the single European market also works for installer skills, maybe also for drilling skills. So can you move freely with that skill set across borders in Europe? And are we training enough? Is, is the, are the education programs adapted? Are we also talking about secondary schools, technical educations? Are we talking about uh, engineering, architects, technical planners' uh, skills? Are they learning enough? I'm hearing examples that sometimes in the traditional oil and gas installer fields, um, the time that is spent on educating people on heat pumps is very little, while at the same time they are still asked to have to provide and to learn everything about oil and gas boilers. And I think from the perspective that I have, it would be fair to say that an educational field for heat pump only installers would find enough work in the market. Hi everyone, Sam here again. Just wanted to remind you and maybe your colleagues as well that premium access to the pod and Foresight's brilliant journalism is just a click away. Try a subscription for 30 days for just 29 euros. That gives you access to our website and audio app. Go to www.foresightdk.com forward slash subscribe. Follow the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Now, do you get the sense that going forward that we will be having installers, maintenance workers who can do everything involved with a clean energy economy, be that installing PV panels, heat pumps, maintaining them, put in a small wind turbine on someone's house, for example, that you will have people who are multi-skilled rather than just all of their eggs in one basket. Do you, do you see that happening already? Or do you think that, that certain technologies require a level of expertise that means that people 
would not be able to do so much at so much time. I think at the moment the demand is so big that specialization works better. But that's just myself thinking from the top of my head. So maybe the market will tell me no, it's, I'm it's wrong. In, it's interesting to think about these things now. You know, it's it's you never know what's going to happen in uh, four or five years, even though we try and predict it. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. And so, so, so on second thought, I would say most likely once you have done the initial install. So if if the first round of installation is over, there will inevitably be come a maintenance part where people need to check is the electricity installation still okay um, is the heat pump leaking is the compressor performing these type of things and that i could imagine as a multi-skill capacity that that maybe individual companies but also individual people can deliver i could also imagine that we will see much more virtual support here maybe virtual reality glasses that even entitle the or encourage the end user in cooperation with a call center that that will guide them through checking um, maybe on the most visible parts of uh, of a system performance to check that and then only send somebody out uh, if if really human resources are needed on the ground that's a really interesting thought the yeah and in, in this corporate in this in, in this joint is to is installation it is really different skills when you have to install a heat pump in the basement of the house and you have to do some connection to the electricity system, that that could probably be an augmented capacity for that installer skills. Or you go on the roof, you put the mounting system up and then you, uh, you connect all the photovoltaic panels. But what I can see is that one company is providing both services and even more, maybe small windmills, Uh, from from one address and one and makes one offer so that for the end user it looks as if it was just from coming from mm -hmm. a single source oh interesting stuff uh, i mean when you know when we talk about um ambitious ramps up of deploying different technologies different industrial policies whether it's batteries or semiconductors or, or solar pv um someone will inevitably say sometimes it's me uh, that we need an airbus for batteries or we need an airbus for heat pumps um the us i remember even even recently were saying things about heat pumps for europe right um Is, is there merit to that kind of thinking, that kind of large-scale, conglomerate, multinational building? Um, or do you, do you think we need to think of that kind of scale for heat pumps to, to go even further than already? Or because of what we said already, that the market really is taking care of this by itself, really? Well, we should think about that. The market will take care of parts of it. And if the economics of heat pump sales are intact, then you will also see more providers. But there is, of course, other part, there, there's parts of the heat pump that could be beneficial for everybody. And one of the things that comes to mind is the compressor. It's basically like the battery for the electric vehicle. And if you see how much effort Europe has put into creating a battery um, value chain inside Europe, then it would likewise be appropriate to at least consider if it makes sense to set up European compressor manufacturers that then that could then uh, provide the products to everybody and you could enlarge that slightly and include uh, some parts of the refrigerant cycle so you could say i am manufacturing standard refrigerant cycles that can be used by a number of mass um, producers of heat pumps mass assembly lines for heat pumps 
And then that still leaves the um, specifications for the whole heat pump and the integration into the house energy system, etc., to the manufacturer. But it will ha would help to uh, reap economies of scale for this very important component of the heat pump itself. I, I could imagine that to happen. It's 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 more or less a question of whether the industry feels enough pain in getting supplies uh, from Asia that they say no, we really need to do this together. We need to do this jointly inside Europe. And you see that we have a shortage of semiconductors. The, the ironic story I heard recently was from a fan manufacturer that was uh, approached by Intel, and Intel asked them if they could deliver quite quickly the necessary fans for the for the new chip plant in Magdeburg in Germany. <laughs> and the answer was, well, we could if we had more semiconductors. So, you know, the, there, is, there is an interconnectedness of these different sectors and semiconductors are really short at the moment, but you need semiconductors for pumps, for fans and for the heat pump itself. So room for yeah, improvement. I, I love and also hate a um, ironic story like that, where uh, you know, there's a vicious cycle of uh, not being able to get things done. Um, but in, in terms of actually getting things done, though, if, if we were talking about ramping up production in Europe for specific components that are needed for, for this technology, where does that decision, where is it best to come from? Is it is it a government saying, well, we're going to invest our EU recovery money in this? Or, or, or do you need something like... Um, the commission to come out with more detailed, um, you know, targets or benchmarks that say, right, by 2025, we need this or 2028, we need this. Where, where does the direction come from? I would see the commission in, in a give provision of guidance type of seat. If they could, if they could establish for heating for heat pumps, one of these accelerator platforms, I mean, they have, they have called the round tables or, uh, industrial ecosystems and and you see that we have a battery alliance we have a hydrogen alliance for battery it is really paying off for hydrogen i think it's still a bit in its in its infancy why are we not having and that's really a clear question we have also asked commissioner breton why are we not having uh, a heat pump platform a heat pump technology you can call it like you want what what basically is necessary is an industrial strat industrial strategy industrial policy that helps the sector to convert because we have a lot of knowledge on how to build proper heating systems. This, this is now transferred into knowledge on how to build proper heat pump systems. And we want quality in the market. That needs to be very clear. We do not want uh, systems that are too loud, too inefficient, uh, maybe not reliable. And all of this can be guided by a proper industrial policy that helps the local manufacturers to build uh, and to, to build new factories, both for components and for heat pumps itself, and to um, bring the necessary know-how into the marketplace. And that could be done. I'm hearing now a lot about uh, a new platform that is called Cleantech Europe. It's apparently coming uh, from an initiative by the German government that has proposed a tech transfer technologies platform. And last week there was a meeting in Brussels uh, with Commissioner Breton and representatives from the industry where it seems that this um, new platform was agreed upon. And I hope that it has a special focus, among others, but has a special focus on heat pumps and includes their integration into the energy system. I mean, the time really does seem right for something quite ambitious in a way. It seems that like everybody's really on board with um, following through on these kind of policies, whether or not it is something like um, an international... Um, 
an international project of common European interest or something like this, where you know you can really unlock billions of euros, cross-border cooperation, you, you name it, to to really meet demand. Oh uh, yeah, well that that could be part of such a platform. It it would really be important to make sure that not only Europe is supporting this, but also the member states are pushing in the same direction. You know that we have been notoriously bad when it came to decarbonizing heating and also cooling. And that's something that we can do now with this new level of ambition, potentially with an industrial policy, potentially with devising uh, some of the recovery fund and uh, rescue fund um, resources into this direct direction. Because it will not only keep the manufacturing side in Europe, but it would also provide and, and keep the delivery uh, times short, but would also provide local jobs and local perspective. And for some reason, the heat pump manufacturers that we have today, they are always quite uh, located in quite remote areas of Europe. So really, they, will, they do provide employment in areas where otherwise uh, little would, would be there to do. To do. And that should be supported. Common of European uh, project of common European interest, uh, probably yes. Even though we are often failing a little bit in in getting players together that could use the uh, high amounts of euros that you that you need, the high uh, budgets that you need to put together to uh, to use that money. So what what probably is better and what is very important is uh, deployment research that is uh, that is also accessible if you do not have such a huge um, um, funding demand. One of the things that is interesting is uh, capital lines because we have a, some of the new players that come into the markets. They grow by and, and they grow and they need for their. If, for example, if you need if you offer a rental system for a heat pump, then you invest upfront and you get repaid over ten or let's say fifteen years. That means you need to have quite a lot of capital at the beginning to finance your growth and then once the repayment starts it will uh, move into more stable waters but this initial investment needs that should be supported another thing would be um, uh, government backed uh, insurances so that that the risk that is perceived by the financing and insuring partners is lower than than uh, than they would otherwise uh, see it and so they would engage in something that would otherwise not be interesting for them And since the European governments have agreed that the decarbonization of heating and cooling should take place and have basically jointly agreed to repower EU, there is also really on also on the fact-based side as much smaller risk when when investing into heat pumps than it would otherwise be the case. I mean, you've been in this industry for, for a while now. Do you, do you really see it as a, a real positive that we're having this conversation about the nitty-gritty of heat pumps, you know, whether or not governments will um, back the, the risks of the financing of them, whether or not there's going to be enough workers to meet demand, rather than questions from years ago like, you know, are heat pumps even going to be used by anybody or something like that? You know, it, things really seem to have, have been turbocharged over the last couple of years. It is. It's, it's absolutely the case. We have overcome these initial years of questioning whether the technology works, whether the technology works in all types of buildings, whether the technology works only in warm climates, whether the technology cannot be uh, deployed for renovation, etc. All these questions have really now been solved and the industry has shown that the answer was always it's possible. You can see that the highest market penetration we see is in the Scandinavian countries, which are really not known for their mild climates. 
And uh, admittedly, they have better insulation standards, but it also shows that you can you can do a heat pump in combination with um, with uh, proper insulation and a, and a proper building environment. But they also install a lot of the units into in renovated buildings. So it the governments are enabled today to move further and they don't need to create any more the the understanding of the end user that the technology works but they can now discuss and support how to discuss them uh, how to deploy them on on a massive scale what remains is this question of can i put the heat pump in my house is is that possible and quite often you would have answered in the past oh well just get an installer to check your house we could also revert to some old installer lore that that a lot of installers will tell you if your house is ready to be heated at a flow temperature of 55 degrees of your boiler, then you can also uh, install a heat pump. And it has the dual benefit that if you can run your house at 55 degrees and you run it on gas, then your gas condensing boiler will actually condense better. So you can save 6 to 8% of gas immediately. And you learn over this winter, over this next winter, whether or not the building is ready for immediate heat pump deployment. These are things I think governments could also support more. So the communication campaign would still be useful. And since this this uh, very tremendous speed of change creates a lot of insecurity for end users, whether the installer that they are selecting is giving them the proper advice, then I think having um, or establishing and supporting the establishment of, of advice centers, centers for technical advice, something like one-stop shop, shops, something like super homes in Ireland would be very, very beneficial to be rolled out across Europe because it activates end users and, it, and in the end, it also activates end user funding. And this end user funding then in return will create demand and this demand will create new factories and these new factories will create new employment. So, you know, you close the cycle by starting in providing trust and um, and peace of mind to the end consumer that needs to uh, deliver, uh, that needs to order the product in the end. I mean, maybe just one final question. We, we mentioned at the top, of course, that the Russian invasion of Ukraine was a massive trigger point for a lot of changes in the energy market. Um, where do you see the next big milestone for for the heat pump sector? I mean, the beginning of next year, there will hopefully be an agreement on the EU's Energy Performance of Buildings Directive. That seems like a, a rather um, obvious point where you know there will be more renovations happening because of regulation, more opportunities to in, install heat pumps. Do you see that as a really big window of opportunity is there anything else coming up in the next perhaps 12 months regulation wise or policies or you know geopolitics do you think will really again have another big impetus on on um you know positive you know let's hope we do not have any other geopolitical uh impact i hope the the biggest geopolitical impact i would hope for is the end of this war and then let's come into a bit calmer waters again. That would be really helpful. For heat pumps itself, uh, the existing EPBD, Energy Performance of Buildings Directive, the Renewables Directive is also uh, close to be finalized. The Energy Efficiency Directive is stalling at the moment, but but it will actually eventually also be completed. So all of these create a great backdrop for heat pump growth in the future. What I see as next big thing is is actually unleashing the value that flexi- that heat pumps can give to flexibilizing the electricity system, to providing flexibility to the electric system. Sorry. So if a heat pump 
can be used to heat up the building a little bit. You can heat up your uh, water storage a bit more than necessary. And so you can overcome a day or maybe two even, depending on the design, of not so, um, so cheap electricity. And by doing so, you provide a battery to the electric system and you make the electric system uh, more flexible and increase the utilization factor of photovoltaic and wind. So this in turn will create the opportunity for new players in the market that can then offer new business models um, that are commonly known as heat as a service or rent yourself a heat pump. It could also be imaginable, we could also imagine that heat pumps could be provided completely for free if the flexi the value of the flexibility that they provide is of a higher value to the provider. So if a utility needs to have flexibility uh, in their system, they could say, well, what's the fastest to get that into the market? Well, we just finance a few big mm -hmm. heat pumps. That's really interesting. Value-wising uh, flexibility is a, is a commodity, I guess, then. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I would say, uh, most likely also, heat pumps will become more and more a commodity. So you will, you will ask for a heat pump. You will not ask anymore whether it works or not. Maybe you will not even ask which brand it is as long as, it's, as it is provided. And, and that's, again, an opening door for new business models. If somebody that brings in huge amounts of heat pumps connected with a service contract enters the market, then, of course, for them, the brand name will be another one than the one of the, the commonly known heat pump manufacturers because the product will be reliable heat and the heat pump will just be uh, a means to this end. No, no, really fascinating stuff. Lots of different gems there. I, the, specifically like the, um, the, the little anecdote you said about um, Poland, uh, you know, hitting up clients for PV and saying, do you want a heat pump now? These, these kind of little gems of how um, energy markets actually work on the ground, I think are really fascinating. You don't always see that picture. If you, if you, if you want another one like these, then you can also look at Octopus in mm -hmm. the UK. And Octopus is is a utility. And this utility has said, we would like to make a complete product offering to our clients. So they will actually help you now to install the heat pump in your house. And depending on, uh, on the choice, I think you can uh, either buy it or even rent it. And they, they realized that they couldn't find enough installers. So they're educating the installers by themselves now. And they, they really value the flexibility that the heat pump brings into their own system. So they have already a flexible tariff offering of which the heat pump will benefit. And then the end user has a flexible heating and electricity I supply. I think the democratization of energy, it's slowly but surely happening, I think. The more, the more stories you hear about this, it's uh, positive stuff, I would say. Indeed. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us for this episode, the eighth, I believe, Policy Dispatch. And I really look forward to um, hopefully coming back to you uh, in the future and we'll talk even more about uh, how heating and, and cooling has um, gone even more positively over the last 12 months or so. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sam. And I like that it's the eights because the eights, if you turn it around, is also the uh, the sign for uh, for eternity, right? So, <laughs> so you, we have yes. energy forever. Yes. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Bye-bye. So there we have it. Heat pumps can efficiently heat and cool our homes and workplaces, get more renewable power into our energy systems, help balance electricity grids, create jobs and reduce pollution. Great stuff. Uh, we just need to get the policies, incentives and communication right to really leverage their awesome power. Now, at the top of the show, I asked you... 
Which country saw the fastest growth in 2021 when it comes to heat pump sales? Germany, China, Poland or Italy? The correct answer was Poland with a 66% increase. Italy came in a close second with 63%, Germany third with 26% and China saw 13% growth, although China did see the biggest absolute numbers. Congrats as always to those of you who got it right. This is the final Policy Dispatch episode of 2022. We'll be back in January with more, so please do tune in then. I'd like to thank my producer Anna Gumbau and everybody at Foresight. Here's wishing you all a peaceful Christmas break and a great start to 2023. Until then, goodbye for now. Hold up. 